This is TKW Draft Season, presented by the Knicks Wall Podcast and Blue Wire Podcast. Joining me today, as again, is the Flux Queen, Jess Reinhardt. Jess, how you doing? <laughs> First of my name, what's going on? <laughs> how you doing today? How's Memorial Day weekend treating you? Oh, it's great. Uh, just uh, did a little lake hang earlier today. Got a fresh farmer's tan working. So, nice. <laughs> so yeah, doing good. Sweet, sweet. Joining us for the first time. TKW's Rookie of the Year, Lawrence Scotty. Lawrence, what's good? I love that. Wow. I am <laughs> extremely honored to be the Rookie of the Year, and I'm excited to be on the pod today. Thank you for the uh, little introduction there. No, no, always, always. And finally, but not least, we have the Grand Meister of TKW, Tyler Marco. Tyler, what's good? Hey, guys. What's up? Good, good. So today we've been talking about R.J. Barrett probably a little too much on this podcast and just overall. So we're going to take a quick break from RJ. We'll get into him probably in the later weeks. So today we're going to talk about Darius Garland. Now for a good part of, I would say the season, we've been working on the assumption Kevin Durant is definitely coming and Kyrie Irving is definitely coming. But all of a sudden Clippers are thrown in there. Lakers are all in the mix. It's getting messy. So might be time to consider trade backs and one name that really sticks out if we were to trade back is Darius Garland. And for those not familiar, Darius probably would have been the f- top point guard in this draft class. If he didn't get hurt, he was kind of like where RJ was, where he was one, two, and then his injury kind of led Ja to emerge. So guys, have you watched Garland? What do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I, um, I think I put it in our group chat that I was watching some highlights uh, before coming on here and naturally fell in love. Um, but, you know, I obviously wish we could have seen him play a whole season. Um, I think he, he averaged 16 points a game, but that also includes, I think, the game he got hurt where he literally only played two minutes. Um, I think if you take that game out, he averaged closer to 19 points a game. Um, over 50% on shooting. And the one part I love about his game is the uh, shooting off the dribble. He's got this pretty little step-back move he does at the end of his dribbling sequence that is just so good. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely an intriguing guy if me either, you know, the, like you said, the Knicks look to, to trade back or, or something like that. You see, I worry a bit about wanting to trade back just because of the difficulties of doing that and still staying within the top 10. And then it would be hard to trade back and then continue to actually draft a guy of Garland's potential, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I was watching today and he's so hypnotizing with his his movements and his shot. Uh, It's so hard not to compare him to uh, other guys like Steph. And you hesitate from that kind of comparison when you th- he only played 139 minutes in college so the amount of footage we have is so grainy and difficult to understand he had a total of 81 points the entire season so i've probably seen about half of those buckets 
And I'm convinced that he's going to be something in the NBA. I mean, there, how many guys can you say have just that one talent that are, is going to easily translate? I came into this uh, like this draft not wanting to look at a point guard at all. You know, with Dennis, hopefully Kyrie, and even Frank still. Like, I just wanted to work on the wing somewhere like that. And he won me over, really. Like, I don't know how we get there, like you were saying, but if we somehow do work it out, you know, I'd love to add him. Yeah, and positionally, the the point guard thing is hilarious because how many times can we as the Knicks take another point guard? Uh, but it's weird because, you know, he doesn't have to be a point guard. He's of the vein of Steph. Like, it's Steph's the point guard, sure, and he's the facilitator, but at the same time, he's running off of the ball. He doesn't necessarily have the ball at all times, which would open up playing another guard who can – or another slasher or whoever uh, uh, size-wise can have the ball and he can be running off of screens and whatnot. And it would really test the uh, abilities of the coaching staff to find out how to exactly utilize somebody with this skill set. I remember when I was playing around the draft board, I was trying to get Ja to play with Dennis or like trying to figure that out, how that would work. I didn't think both were good enough shooters to make it work to where they could have like, kind of like what the trailblazers have with Damon CJ, but Garland's good enough to shoot. I mean, he did shoot 47%. Obviously, the very small sample size, but like you guys said, the shot's there. So I think I I could see him and Dennis Smith Jr. fitting in the same backcourt. I just think that his, you know, when you're looking at all these draft boards and you look at descriptions of guys, almost always it's like if he can get his shot down, like he'll be really good. Well, Darius already has the shot for sure. Like He has the range. His form is beautiful. Um, So you know, that's one less thing you have to worry about with him. And that's a, obviously a big thing. Um, and I agree. I think, you know, jaw and Dennis doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but Dennis and, and Garland does. Yeah. I guess you have to look at both of them as essentially the, even though their, their body types are so different, they are the same thing that we've seen at least, which is that they need the ball to be effective. And with this Knicks roster, it was so difficult to understand how it's going to develop because we don't really know how many guys can play off the ball because you have everyone building out the roster like Alonzo Trier and DSJ and Knox and and everyone kind of needs the ball and it's hard to ultimately the the roster needs to be filled out with guys who can do everything else because that'll eventually lead to the winning part um absolutely I'm, I'm still just afraid of missing out on guys like Garland because I have him in my little category on this draft rankings I've made of the guys who will make your, uh, excuse me, uh, draft him now and you're going to look smart later. I just think that I don't want to miss out on somebody who's going to be as good as he's going to be. But at the same time, you know, this draft is known as the draft that's in, outside of the the top few guys and not really that many guys who are going to be at the high level that Garland or RJ or Jock can get to. Yeah, he surged up draft boards. Right now he's at projected, I saw him as low as twelve. And now he's up at the Lakers. I think that's where he's going to go. Like the Lakers would be crazy to pass on him because they can't shoot. And I think he fills an immediate need, but for the Knicks, I I would really like to see him and Frank, like you talk about off the ball guys. I think Frank is one of the few guys that could really survive off the ball. And especially with Garland, he he's not the visionary Jai is, but he could still pass. I mean, the limited highlights I saw, he was making some fucking dope passes. Yeah, I'm just getting sold uh, time and time again on on Darius. He's he's gonna be a good player. I I'm nervous on missing out on him. I'm nervous on taking him as well. 
Yeah, it's just because um, RJ. Yeah, because you're we're in the top three, so it's just like you kind of have to take Ja RJ. You're like peer pressure into taking one of them almost. So that's where my fear comes in. But like you said, it's a guy that you would might might make you look like a genius in like two or three years. Exactly. Whereas it's gonna look, it might look better early on, considering the the, the jump shot is there clearly. Whereas like in the first year, uh, if we take you know the obvious pick, which would be RJ. It would look as if you know he's he's not going to have a, as a good of a rookie season. I don't imagine because there's going to be a lot of turnovers and his jump shot's not there yet. And with the tunnel vision and whatnot, whereas that like the 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 jump shooting with Darius is just going to be there and it's going to make you immediately seem like a genius when he's just hitting shots. You know that RJ wouldn't be able to. Yeah, it's it's I, I don't know, it's tough, man. I really expect like going into this, I kind of said, all right, this is just three players that the Knicks are doing. But now that I'm looking at it, and I'm talking about trading back and stuff, I just I think this is actually a deeper draft that people are giving credit for. And oh, I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that a lot of that, like, oh, this draft sucks stuff, is it's totally overblown. There are years that, that suck, and you could look like the Anthony Bennett year and whatnot. Those years were terrible. I don't think we're missing out on too much talent this year. I think, I think it'll ultimately we'll look back, and it'll be a, a pretty good draft. Yeah, especially in the top ten, but because yeah, there's definitely a drop off at a certain point. But I mean, you can say that for literally any draft. You know, yeah. you're not going to get studs at every single pick every single year. Um, there's always going to be some some sort of drop off, but it it has always kind of felt like that drop off was going to happen a lot early, a lot earlier. Um, but yeah, I think you know, top ten. I think you're you're okay. Yeah, it's. I'm just looking at his stats now. I'm just trying to see like if there's anything that really concerns me. And the only thing that I initially thought was maybe his size, but Damian, he's pretty much identical to Damian Lillard and Steph in terms of weight and height. So under Fisdale, I feel like he would operate fine. And within that offense, I mean, he could throw Mitch lobs all day. Knox is, I think Knox is better as a catch and shoot eventually. So. Uh. What do you guys think that it's going to take to, you know, what do you think we're going to get if we, like, moved back for, like, just a few picks to get someone like him? Well, the Cavs what are really hot. What do you think hot. we could like? So, uh, definitely, I mean, pick swap and probably – if the Cavs could probably throw in a heavily protected pick next year, maybe a couple second-round picks. I know they wanted to trade Frank for an early second-round pick. They're t- targeting guys there, so maybe a pick That's swap. That's really, pick next year. like – yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm at where, like, I don't know, like, how much I should, like, get attached to a couple of these guys because I just don't know how worth it it's going to be. It just feels like such an enigma right now where I don't know how much anyone's really valuing any picks in this draft, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the Duke guys are tier one along with Ja in terms of value. And then after that, I think like Garland's Garland's probably the only other guy that I've seen catching steam, but I'm seeing Culver drop. I haven't heard Culver's name yeah. at all, really. So I really don't think that values like people are just not valuing these guys that much. Like Cam Reddish is, I've heard his name way too much. Kobe White, <laughs> I forgot he was even in the draft. <laughs> yeah, and I would love so to. I, I mean, the the Hawks are the team with the most draft flexibility, but at the same time, it they traded for that flexibility. And I think they're just going to ultimately not move either one of those picks. They'll probably just cash in on, on taking eight and 10 and just like swinging and seeing if they can get somebody. 
who down the road can pair yeah, with their I'm, best players. Yeah, because right now they're projected beyond like they can get DeAndre Hunter, Seiko, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, and Jackson Hayes. I didn't really see too much of Jackson, but from all accounts, he's decent. So I feel like the Hawks would be crazy to give up that type of flexibility. I feel like that's the last – they're in that last zone where – you see a real steep drop off after that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different projections for who they're going to take. I've seen everywhere from like Cam and Brandon Clark to Bull Bull. Jackson Hayes is there. Seku is there. So many different guys. So maybe maybe they don't like any of them though. I mean, I don't I don't know. You know, what if they don't like any of them and then they're like, okay, here's eight and ten and give us three and Frank and I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff that could happen with those two picks. Trey and Frank would be great. Um. <laughs> The one person I did hear that they were they liked was of course Cam. They he does fit them not to be not to I shit on Cam a lot, but he would fit with that team. I do like Hunter going there. That would be really interesting. This him, Trey, Huerter, Hunter, and then Collins. That's a pretty damn good core. Yeah, the I think that they're a team that would ultimately outside of point guard because they really they're they're set in stone with that. They would need it seems like they'll just end up taking forwards and big guys. And I think even Culver would fit perfectly there. Yeah, I'm, I I know that you're super low on Cam. I am too. I wouldn't I wouldn't use either of those top ten picks. You know, just because you have two of them doesn't mean you should swing on a, a risky thing when there's a possibility of having two really good things. Yeah, and plus if. They wanted to trade up. I feel like they would trade up to five and try and maybe snag Culver. Yeah. Versus, I really don't. I think the Knicks are just. If you dip below five, you can't unless you know Durant is coming for sure, and there's a player that he's like, okay, I want to play with this guy. I feel like it's if anything, you just risk taking whoever Durant likes at three versus trading back and praying. Yeah, exactly. Because if we're not getting Durant, I want RJ. If we are, maybe I want Culver. You know, maybe I want Darius. Yeah, and Darius is good Kyrie insurance because even before the Lakers stuff started, I do not trust Kyrie. Because Kyrie changes his mind every time the wind blows. So if they do want a scoring-type guard to bring with Durant and maybe hopefully somebody, another star, I don't know who that star would be. Before I was – I've been holding out hope for Kawhi, but I think last night kind of ended that. Yeah, he's too good for us, Kawhi, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His uncle's like hell-bent on – controlling him so southern california though it's that's been the the thing for the last yeah the clippers make too much sense too for Kawhi, at least yeah it's still just sitting there for him it's crazy that all the successes come and the the rumors just won't go away and they're not really rumors at this point i mean there's so much like every day like that instagram video last night of the even the yeah, <laughs> I wonder who that was. Oh, was that his, that was his, his one of his uncles or, or well, it was, it was a his close relative. It was his sister videoing, but I don't know who was in the background. Like, yeah, was sister you said? I I think it was his sister that was like actually doing the video, but I don't know who was in the background like saying. What did it? What was it like? Y'all know he's not staying or yeah, some you know, BS you know, like you know that. that. I think I'm be there next. It's <laughs> crazy that like I feel like almost anyone else would be getting like murdered for this. Like you're going to the finals <laughs> and there's still all this talk about like you're just out of there. But Kawhi just some reason gets a pass. I feel like. I feel like part of it was that I think Toronto, like the Raptors fans, kind of had already accepted that when the trade True. happened. Like, let's 
get this year in, try to do, you know, as best we can. Now they they did that. They're in the finals. Maybe they just figure either it doesn't mean anything or, you know, they he did what they wanted him to do, and now maybe they can attract someone else to do the same thing. I don't know. They've done all they can, really. Yeah. Well, yep. it paid off. That's what you do it for. Absolutely. Because the Cavs kind of did a more extreme version of this where they just went all in on like three or four years worth of finals games, which right. I mean, I would definitely sell like if the, if Kevin Durant was like, all right, I'm coming for two years, let's go all in. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I don't care if <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, yeah, we're used <laughs> to being desolate and terrible. So like the aftermath of having a superstar <laughs> would feel just straight up numb at that point. Oh, exactly. Like I would live for the two years of Nirvana. Like that would be well. Yeah, and at this it. point with the Knicks, I mean, yeah, so obvious that we would go through that. You know, we're ready to be hurt again, as Michael Scott said. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, so let's. So Darius, we talked about. Let's Marco. You wrote a good piece on Seku this week. Thank you. He's another guy that's. Um, he's projected towards the end of the lottery. Not really top. I wouldn't say top seven. I would think he was coming to play around like pick number eight, maybe. But French right guy, in Frank zone. Yeah. So when you were looking him up, were you scared off by Frank? Because he seems to be eerily similar in terms of readiness and international success so yeah any of that stick out you know like the response to the piece has been almost like universally no more french guys which, <laughs> which i want wild yeah and i want to like tear that apart and that's I, so lazy exactly but i kind of see the comparisons between him and frank in they've got kind of like the ideal defender body type they have some offensive uh struggles and it's like there is so much there to compare them to. I don't know why you're only falling back to their nationality. But, you know, I definitely see why people would be scared off. And in another year where maybe we're still kind of maybe if this is two years ago and we're still more in the beginning of this rebuild reloading phase with free agents and stuff, that I'd be more inclined to take him then. But... Yeah, it definitely having another kind of project defender three and D type guy. I know fans are just they're just over that. Yeah, and but my all right. Here's a question: If let's say they keep three, they take RJ. Would you consider flipping Frank for Seku? Because when you said Ooh. Pascal Siakam, I really did see it, especially in the open court. Definitely, so would yeah. Would you willingly take a like a small step back with Seku for Frank? Honestly, I just for Frank's sake, like sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I he, he's not going to succeed here. I really don't think. Unfortunately, like I do like you know hypothetical lineups with him and Kyrie or even him and Darius, but I just feel like it's it's gone too wrong for too long. He needs a, like a change and. Yeah, if we can get another, you know, plus like potential plus defender like right off the bat, like Seku's got the body type to immediately step in and make a difference on that end of the floor. And you know, if he can play like uh, if he can just get his offense game going a little bit, especially in transition, if he can use those opportunities, he can contribute right away in a you know, a moderate off the bench type role. 
Yeah, do you think he get eased in? Like, I mean, Mitch is kind of he's, he's just a stud, but kind of like how they let Mitch just go out there and just figure it out. You think Seiko could thrive like that, or do you think he needs to be honed in more, like more controlled minutes, or even Westchester time? Yeah, I think it really depends on what happens. You know, like so much else with free agency. If Durant comes and things, he could. I could see him being a you know off the bench, you know, a wing to just kind of play defense next to him or take some, uh, give him just some minutes off. But it really does worry me that if he comes into a team that has expectations and if he doesn't immediately contribute, that it's just going to be, you know, Frank all over again. Yeah, that's my fear because I feel like we, everyone says like, oh, we're patient and we're seeing it with Frank and, It hasn't really happened with Knox as much. There's still a couple loonies that think Knox is like a top five rookie, which is a little crazy. But I think if Knox is another top five, yeah. Wait, he thinks he's a top five rookie. Oh, that's good. I mean, I want him to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just I was talking about his like all rookie Instagram, uh, like whatever, like face mom thing. But no, yeah, you definitely want him to have that confidence. But at the same time, it's like it it was really rough. Yeah, and I'm just not sure. Like, our fan base likes to say we're patient, but I really don't think we have enough time. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they would give him enough time. Yeah, yeah. like I said, a couple New years ago. New York is ago, the least patient city in the world. <laughs> they can't even pretend that they're patient. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't even wait for the light to turn red to cross the street, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not surprised. But, you know, disregarding all that, I really do think he's – got a kind of a a future in that Siakam or even Draymond sort of role with he's a willing passer he does get you know tunnel vision sometimes and stuff and other times he'll even just he'll start overpassing because he's you know still not confident in his shot but you know the we've seen it before with you know Draymond and Siakam that these guys have skills that can be so valuable except you know with does takes a little while to you know to get it you know, to you know sand the edges off. Yeah, but Siakam took, I think he took two years to. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he took two years where he averaged below ten points, and then this year he boomed because Kawhi joined. It was just easier to space the floor. His mm-hmm. Demar was just a mid range guy, but yeah, I saw that he was the youngest player on that French team that Frank was on, and yeah, he had pretty big performances. So. That is encouraging, and I think I'm pretty sure he's the top Euro guy in this draft as well, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, at least yeah. in my book. Yeah, I'll see. I mean, Rui. I guess Rui counts, kind mm-hmm. of. But, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, the loot that Luca kid's kind of going up, but I think he's still second round. Is that Luka the Samanic yeah, or yeah from Croatia? Where- Okay. Uh. Okay. Power forward. All but right. he's he's. I think he's still projected. Uh. Second round. But saw, who's that? Go the Goga. He. I mean, obviously, all these open. I hate the open gym <laughs> season where it's just all these guys. Look <laughs> like, <laughs> Goga Vitas. But I think Goga. that's his name. Goga Vitas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Goga. I mean, he is somebody who I think will probably go top fifteen, top twenty, maybe. Um. Some places even have him top ten. I really don't know much about the guy. I know that he's a gigantic body who has one position in that center. And he can be another interesting guy. Yeah, 7-2 wingspan. 
Yeah, nice. Uh, it's a huge version. Yeah, of but, exactly. Just a big gargantuan. Um. So yeah, Seiku. I, I don't know. I really, if we trade back, I I kind of want more of like a Kevin Porter Jr. type person. Nah, yeah. But or De- I mean, if DeAndre Hunter keeps falling, that's that's almost a crime to just leave him. I want him to go to the Wizards. That would just be sad. But um, all right. So the combine finished. Did, were there any players that you guys that stuck out to you guys in terms of like trade targets or just guys that you want the Knicks to try and get maybe in the second round or use with that Frank if they could flip Frank for a first? Is there anyone that sticks out? I was really high on Shea last year towards the closer towards the draft because I eventually realized okay this guy is going to be amazing and then I really hate missing out on Kentucky players. I'm a huge Kentucky Kentucky stand, and I don't know. Every year, it didn't really happen this year, which is kind of weird. Cal has that guy that just like, all right, I'm taking over. And last year it was Shea. I thought it was gonna be Knox because he was kind of like their guy the whole year. But Shea took over. I was like, all right, I'm sold. I want this guy. And sadly, we exactly passed yeah. Him. So th- that guy this year to but, me is Tyler Harrow. I I just love him so much. I didn't watch a lot of him in college, and I've just been going back and watching all of his uh. All the gameplay of him, and I'm just sold that whoever ends up with him is going to end up with a really great spot-up shooter who can just run around the court and create stuff in a half-court offense. He didn't shoot as well as I thought. Like, he looks – like, his his mechanics are fine. He's a coach's son, so I feel like those guys yep. are always mechanically good. But he just didn't – I don't know why – was there – did you watch a lot of Kentucky? I didn't as much. I was watching Duke the whole year, unfortunately. But – was this is it like spacing? Because I know Cal usually runs like a very tight ship in terms of giving letting his, giving his players freedom. So, do you think more spacing is the key, or is it just bad luck? Like um, bad yeah, I mean, he shot thirty five percent from three on four and a half attempts a game, and a really big sample size of thirty his thirty seven games he played. I just uh, uh, he caught me because he was good at running around without the ball, basically, and being able to create space um, in a half court, which is every. I mean, you watch the playoffs right now. Who can you know, create just enough space and, you know, juke out defenders and can just get an open shot and the most critical points of games just become so important, which is something that we really have to start valuing a bit more. And he's just somebody who caught my eye and realized, oh, he can do that. And he has this like really, really strong motor. And also his free throw shooting is he shot 39.5% this season on two and a half attempts a game. That's a great indicator of somebody who's going to hit shots, uh, you know, throughout his career and he's he's six foot five about 200 pounds i just i i love this guy i think that anybody i would even spend like a, a later lottery pick on this guy i think that he's somebody that i'd have my eyes on i do like that he he took a lot of shit when he went he decommitted from wisconsin to go to uk and apparently his like everyone in his town just turned on him so he's he know he knows he could deal with shit so that's that's a very high quality i put for people coming to new york because any type of little mistake and daily news is going to start running bullshit. So that, that was, yeah, that's interesting to me. think about too. Um, yeah, he is from Milwaukee. Yeah. I don't know why they were, they went really hard. I was reading, uh, I think Marin Fader wrote a really great piece on him and I was like, wow, these people are really tight. <laughs> yeah. Badger <laughs> like, fans are just super intense. Yeah. I didn't know it was, I knew they were loyal, but Jesus. Uh, Jess, did you see anybody that uh, stuck out that maybe didn't stick out when you were first looking? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily um, 
people that the Knicks should target, but some people that stood out that didn't prior to the combine. Um, one guy is uh, Nick Claxton from Georgia. Um, yes, I'm I glad know. you mentioned them. <clears throat> so I, I don't think I watched a single half of Georgia basketball <laughs> this season. Party. Um, so I did not know a lot about him. Um, he's a seven footer, uh, sophomore. Really upped his um, production from his freshman to sophomore year. You know, had a new had a new coach and Tom Crean there. Um, seemed like he was kind of their go to guy from what I've been reading. Um, and I guess he he stuck out in the in the combine. Um, he just has I think it's a seven three wingspan. Um, so it was just you know using that wingspan really well in. Uh, the defensive side of the court. Um, I know he had some block shots, some steals, all, all that kind of thing, and had some good good post moves, good footwork. So that's that's interesting. I think um, I was reading, you know, I was just trying to read up on some articles of, of guys moving up, and I think for CBS Sports, he went from, like, their 64th ranked player to all the way up to 25, um, which is obviously a huge jump. Um so he he's interesting, um, and then another big guy who, I mean, everyone knows uh, in seven seven Taco Fall. You know, he's he yeah. just gotta love him. Um, but I think I don't think anyone really saw if he could have any NBA potential just because of how, I mean, how skinny he is really. I mean, it's amazing that he's seven seven literally does doesn't have to put forth effort to dunk the ball, which is amazing. Um, and he got that you know, spotlight playing Duke in the NCAA tournament. Um, but what I've been reading is teams are really thinking about, you know, maybe he won't get drafted, but at least picking him up on a partial guarantee or something like that. And uh, I read, which I love the idea of, even if he's just a guy on the bench that you put in like late game situations to just block the rim or even more so block like a inbounds pass. I mean, that's just perfect. Just throw him like you have to get it over the seven, seven dude. Like that's just incredible to me. Um, so I think that that could be interesting to see, you know, if, if he does get signed uh, when all is said and done. Yeah. I think to, I'm ready for taco to be our Boban because <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Fun. And I think, he, I believe the Knicks met with him at the combine. So I really think he's in play because their own second round pick is late. I think it's in the 54th, I want to say. Let me double check. Yeah, 50, 55th. So he's he's projected right now 52nd. I don't think Charlotte's going to take him. use another 10th center, though. Right. I'm trying to think of anyone else kind of impressed at the at the combine. Um, did, you guys, did you watch a lot of big – I didn't really watch Big 12 this year, but at the combine, I was just like – I had it on the background, and they were doing a video breakdown with this kid, Taylor Horton Tucker. And he didn't really have flashy stats, but from what I saw on the screen, like when they broke down the video, I was like, holy shit, this guy is pretty good. Like he's super raw, but he has a huge wingspan. He had a really good first step. I was like, this is a wing I would like to see. Like give him a year in Westchester. Let's see what we got in him. He's like 6'4", 233. Didn't really shoot well. He shot the three. He shoots a lot of threes, which is not efficiently. So I think if we could give him a year to develop, he could contribute at least off the bench, maybe some more, because he had a couple moves by the rim. I was like, well, that's 
pretty damn impressive where he was adjusting at the rim, something that RJ doesn't do. That really got me like, well, not me per se, but people like, oh, he's too stiff at the rim. But this guy's just like contortionist at the rim. So Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of him, like, you know, just highlights him. and whatnot because I'm trying to get prepared, like trying to see wh- where these guys end up going and if it's smart or whatnot. But his physical, his size is hilarious. He's six foot four, two thirty-three. He's listed. That's crazy. Um, so I, I don't know what his selling point is exactly, though. He's like a guard Draymond, or is he like, I'm not sure he's supposed to defend everything, but his arms are insanely long. I didn't. That's that's funny because I didn't really know what type of player he was either. I just knew that I wanted him just because, like, just to develop. Just because he was like super raw. I was like, yeah, this guy. He but he has the tools. He played for Simeon, Derrick Rose, and uh, Jabari Parker's old high school in Chicago. So I'm assuming they have a good coach because they have a quite a amount of studs coming out of there. So, but who's I don't even know who the Iowa State coach is anymore. But I didn't really hear about this kid. Yeah, he might be somebody who continues like said, to climb, and then you're not even looking at him in the, in the you know, you might be looking like late first rounder here. He's definitely not for him. Yeah, but Tankathon, I didn't have him. And then all of a sudden, he's like 22nd now. He went from undrafted, according to Tankathon. I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, guys like, him, guys like him are really more Marcos, interesting to me because saw? they're uh, just all around ability is something that the Knicks are looking for and you know like the, the second round success that the Knicks have had is actually so encouraging when you think about it maybe maybe they're looking at him with this yeah I, I, he's projected for I really don't see him going in the first round because there's other guys that were like Grant yeah like Grant, that, that going is, in front of Grant crazy. Is that's not crazy gonna happen. To me. yeah I don't think so either Marco is anybody that uh, caught your eye uh not really besides what you guys uh mentioned you know uh Taco is just fascinating to me. Like it's just intriguing. Uh, you know, I haven't really had a chance to look deep into the second round yet, but just reading like uh, Nas Little's like measurements just got me a little excited. If they you know fall back, if they decide to, I don't know, flip whoever into a uh, and the pick into a later first, but. Yeah, look, I'm just excited that the Knicks are going to be back soon, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Nas is an interesting pick. I he's projected middle of the first. I think he's going to go a little later. People are just like too enamored with his potential. Well, like Twitter people, I should say. I just don't know where teams stand on him. I haven't really heard much around like the like around the combine in terms of like where he's going to go if he's rising or where he's at but like i said if we're parting with frank i kind of want somebody that at least is going to project as a plus defender and mm-hmm. last year Nas was that's the only thing i felt confident in Nas rebounding in defense so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world yeah exactly and you know if they've got the wink wink deals in place like that's the kind of stuff they're gonna need to add like we're we're gonna have the offense and the scoring there it's everything else we need Right, and especially guys that can operate off the ball, and Nas barely had the ball in his hand yeah. at UNC. So at least, at the very least, he's used to it. That might not be where he's best served as. I still don't know exactly what he's good at. His high school mixtape was fire, but I mean, like, <laughs> so it was a Keel Cars. <laughs> I will say uh, one thing to keep in mind is that Wednesday is the early entry deadline. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, guys who um, 
like I brought up last week, you know, even if they did sign with an agent, they can still still go back to school. So that deadline is is Wednesday. Um, and there's been I know uh, like John Rothstein has 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 this list going on Twitter of of some notables um, to keep an eye on to see whether or not they stay in. Um, like for Kentucky, Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery, Kansas, Quentin Grimes, Devin Dotson. Um, Claxton's one of those guys, guys too, right? Cla- yep, yep. Claxton's one of those guys. Um, who else? Um, I guess Killian Tilly hasn't officially at, said at this whether point or not he's, he's like staying just get in. Me he's the on NBA, this please. list. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Anyone else of notable on this list? I know. Uh, What's his name from Washington? Uh, Jalen Noel, I think yeah. that's his name. Um, he's another guy that I saw. Um, Andy Katz had Coach Hop on a little interview um, after he got that big commitment from the kid from Seattle, um, and he was said that he was still very much up in the air on whether or not he was going to return. Um, so stuff like that definitely, definitely uh, be on the lookout for come Wednesday. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. Nick Richards should definitely stay in college. I've watched, like I said, I didn't watch much Kentucky this year, but I in the tournament I didn't really see him stick out. I know the year before that he was very, very raw, even for yeah. Kentucky. So I was just like, did you watch that um, HBO doc that I think LeBron was like a producer of? No, um, what was it called? I think was it called like Amateur or something like that. Um, so basically it followed, uh, followed Nick Richards. It followed the kid who played football at Baylor, but then wasn't allowed to play because someone let him stay in his house cause he was homeless. Um, and just talking about like amateurism, um, cause it was, it was following Nick Richards when he was in high school and committing to college, picking where he wanted to go. Um, and it just seemed like the kid did not like bat, like was not happy playing basketball. Like he was just doing it because that's what he was supposed to do, kind of. I don't know. I remember somebody yeah. played with David Price, and this is baseball, obviously. But they right. played against David Price, and they said he was miserable, and he still is, or he was, while right. for college. So that 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 kind of, that sucks. That's somebody I want to stay away from, though, because he's yeah. not really he's not talented enough to get away with that, like David Price was. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. I think it's still up on HBO. Um, I would oh, definitely gotta, recommend checking it out. Yeah, I got to give that a look. All right, so yeah, so make sure <laughs> you follow Jess at jryan44. Lawrence, you're at your young Lawrence, correct? On Twitter. And then Tyler Marco is Tyler Marco. He keeps it really simple, so it's easy to follow. Really him, easy. So definitely hit that follow button. <laughs> but yeah, so check out, I don't know, check out the recent Nixwell podcasts. We're going to have player profiles go, going up throughout the week, a mock draft coming up in the future. Uh, Kyle Maggio, speaking of 2K, he's had a nice little series kind of previewing what could happen in the summer on Twitch. I believe he does those Wednesdays or Thursdays he's trying to do, but make sure you check those out. And, yeah, follow the next wall, TKW Podcasts. Follow Lawrence, Jess, Marco. And we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks.